0: Welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange Podcast: Stories by Leaders for Leaders to help you raise the bar on your own excellence, to release the potential inside of you. Now, here's today's podcast. It's Tuesday at two Eastern United States. Today it's daylight. It's the daylight saving time is gone. It's regular time. So this is episode 318 of the Non-Profit Exchange, eight years, very interesting guests, very useful information. Today is going to be different. Going to teach you about putting your story in a book. Now, you never thought about a book, but we've had people that have done children's books in the past and raised money for their charity. We're going to take a little bit different tack today. So my guest is a longtime friend, um, wonderful photographer, and now he's a publisher, It's helped a lot of people get their message out and get into wide distribution. Ken Rashawn, welcome to the Nonprofit Exchange. And tell people a little bit about who you are and why are you doing this important work.
1: Well, thank you, Hubeloo. Thank you for having me on your show. Thank you for what you do with this show to help nonprofits because that work is so important. I know it is because I work with them and they are challenged all the time with Marketing, money, and support. So, I am a, a product of a eternal optimist. My mom brought me up to believe you can do anything with your life, and every failure is just disguised opportunity. So, I have kind of rose colored glasses when I entered this world, and and all the way through my life. And unfortunately, for her, she got dementia at a very young age of sixty two. I became a caregiver and turned my life over to God and. Um, was just blown away that her biggest gift she gave me was her dying so that I realized how precious life was. And I immediately thought, gosh, there's so many nonprofits that need help. And my mom was always an advocate of making donations and helping really anything to touch her heart. So I decided to come up with a company called the Umbrella Syndicate, which was a media company. And I had marketing skills. So I would use cameras to capture stuff. And put it on social media, I'd have as many as 40,000 people coming to my page to see what was happening. Uh, a good seven years spin forward, I met you at CEO Space, and uh, went to thirteen forums. Met a gentleman named Barry Shore, and he gave me a card called "Keep Smiling," and this was the card that reminded me the most of my mom. And I thought, if there was ever any card or message that she would want in the world, it would be to smile and cause positivity. So. I thought this is how I'm gonna help nonprofits the most. I'm gonna show how they create smiles. And smiles are an indicator of impact, as you know. So the more smiles you're creating in the world, the more you're causing people to have a shift or to have their problems solved or have their worries at least either eliminated or reduced. So who I am is a person that learned how to take a camera, take the pictures, turn them into books and have these crazy viral campaigns and then long, uh, Long time into it, I realized the most important thing you can do in the world is inspire people with your stories. So I started publishing inspiring stories and combined that to people that have lost hope. And there are a lot of people that, as you know, after the pandemic, kind of quit or didn't know what they were going to do with their life. And so I created a book called Dose of Hope, and it's a marketing system for hope, but it's also a marketing system for people that are making really big things happen in the world. They just need some amplification. And I call amplifying something, making something louder without distorting it. In other words, keeping the truth of it. And so that's why I'm excited to be on a program like yours, because you have so many relationships with nonprofits and I want to help them because it's my, it's my calling. Great. That's a passion and
0: that's, that's philanthropy. It's the love of humankind. So we do provide value for others um, through that loving humankind. So You've got an amazing thing going on here with this publishing. Why should nonprofit leaders publish a book?
1: In my studies of what converts the most, if you look at somebody who talks about their nonprofit and they just talk about it, people acknowledge that there's a problem and they say, yeah, that's too bad. And they dig in their pocket and they throw some shekels at the problem and they say, okay, I've done my, I've done my thing. But when you can share your inspiring story about how that money makes a difference, and how the person who gives their life to make this problem either eradicated or just at least reduced, so there's not a heavy weight in the world, you get people that actually say, "How much do you need? I would like to be the Carnegie. I'd like to be the Rockefeller with my my abundance to make a difference. I've earned all this money. I want to put it to good use. In fact, Bill Gates uh, had a, a beautiful vision by saying." Those of you that are in the billions, give half of it to something that would actually make the world better. And so I think that inspiration is the number one reason people will give because it'll tuck on their heartstrings. But what will get their wallet to open up really big is social proof. Social proof is the the inspiration showing that when the money's raised, that things really happen, impact really happens. People are being um, helped and... They're becoming future leaders to help solve problems in the world. So that combination of those variables of inspiration and social proof, I believe, are the ultimate answer, and they're done beautifully with books. Love it.
0: Love it. Um, We tend to think, as nonprofit leaders, we can't spend money on marketing. And, And really, we need to spend money on marketing, but we need to spend it wisely because we, in fact, are stewards of other people's money. But there's a lot of ways, and we can brainstorm some of these, that the the book can actually generate more revenue, and so we're running instead of a for-profit business, we're running a for-purpose business. We need to generate revenue so we can fulfill the mission that we've been called to. So um, reasons for publishing a book, in my mind, are to clarify the results of your work. Number one, the impact of our work is what money listens for. Money has ears. It's gonna it's gonna right. gravitate to hmm this is what what's making a difference so i'm going to go here also people are attracted who want to help you volunteers uh, board members advisors committee members people are called to work cuz they can read about it and they're inspired so what are some other reasons why people should think in the nonprofit world it's it's not an ego thing that i'm the celebrity it's it's i'm a convener of the information and you might even have people in your in your Nonprofit uh, tell the story. So, is there another way besides the the person that's leading it writing the story? Is there a way that many people can contribute to that story?
1: There is, but before I answer that, if I may, I'd like to I'd like to share the formula of what marketing is and what marketing isn't in a in a variable. So, if you take a nonprofit for what it is by itself, it is considered let's call it a C content, or it is S a solution. It doesn't really matter what we name it, but it's one variable. And it's an entity of zero impact as just an idea. It's an idea of what can happen to make a difference. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. The other variable that's typically missing is distribution or marketing. So let's just say C and D. C is the nonprofit called content, and D is distribution. If you consider content at level 10, meaning their heartstrings are going, the mission is solid, they wrote the business plan, I mean, everything makes sense, but distribution is zero or a one, that's called a secret. Now, to your point, spending money in distribution when it's not founded, in other words, you're not going to get an ROI, you're not going to get your money's worth on the investment, let's take it the other direction. If you have distribution as a mass, but you don't have the content correctly distributed, meaning it's noise, you're going to have chaos and there's not going to be any conversion. So you have to balance the two beautifully. So you have to have a strategic plan on how you use the distribution. And you have to have a viable way to take that money and turn it into impact. So you show the people that invested, this was a very good decision. Let's sign you up to do it again. So the way I see it is you have a book with tons of testimonials that say, I was impacted by this nonprofit. I was impacted by their mission. I I volunteered and I saw firsthand and I tied 10% of my time or 20% of my money or whatever it is. And I see this as the real deal. And we all know that nonprofits have expenses, but the ones that um, show up as, I guess, the most impactful are the ones that spend the least amount uh, on their inner circle operating cost in order to get a nice percentage of what they're actually putting towards the problem. But there is a, there's a great TED talk about this. If you paid a CEO of a nonprofit, let's say, a million dollars, and another CEO of a nonprofit only was paid 100000 but the CEO that was paid $100,000, dollars thousand, let's say they raised a million dollars. That's tenfold, right? But let's say the person that you paid a million, he also did tenfold and he raised ten million. Who was the better CEO? And so you spent an inordinate amount more money on the CEO that was million. I'm not talking about let's spend more money. I'm not. That's not my point. My point is that when you invest money correctly. And you get a 10x. It's actually great to spend more money because then the problem is getting more funding to solve it.
0: So your your book. So um, go go further into that. Uh, you know, when okay. I, I was talking about the expanded why and talking about the impact, it's it's really um, expanded touch points for people. We we tend to tell people about what we do, and what they really need to know is why we're doing it and what the results are. Right.
1: 100%. So if you look at a book as a book, it really doesn't need to be done because that's called a bucket list. We have a book. If anyone wants it, you can go ahead and read it. But a book that has 99% of the effort into what the book is going to do to impact the world with the story, the mission, the proof, um, the examples, the knowledge, the information how other people can support the mission by doing it in a, in a, a, a microcosm level you're starting to have the book actually become an ambassador at many, many prongs. So the book that I have right here, I know that the audience can't see it, it's called Dose of Hope. It's 800-page blocks. We are counting on this reaching roughly 20 million downloads. And that is because we have influencers like yourself, Hugh, that we say, hey, when you do your story about hope and you tell how you impact the world with hope, We'd like you to share it with your entire audience. And what happens is 500 different authors and sharing it with everybody. We got some people that we can share it with 2 million people. We just had um, the lovely Rudy Rudiger, the movie made about him, his life in Notre Dame. He just signed up about two weeks ago, gave a story to us about how he creates hope in the world. And I think you'll agree that if there's anyone that's overcome a ton of struggles, his first struggles was to get there in that field. But the second struggle, it took 10 years for someone to actually believe that that movie deserved to be made. And it became the number two inspirational movie of all time. Rocky is the only thing that beat it. And, and my point in sharing that is that we are attracting those type of hope dealers, is what we call them, hope dealers. <laughs> so that we can actually have enough people say, I mean, think about it, 20 million people that may have lost hope. Read about samples of Rudy, you, all These other people, and they say, You know what? If you can do it, I can do it. If you got through what he got through, if Frank Schenk would got through what he got through, if, if Rudy got through, I can do it because these people had challenges that are maybe even worse than the readers dealing with.
0: Yeah, Frank was a um, feature in our magazine. So oh,
1: I, I love Frank and Frank's endos, so I hope.
0: That's right. And we miss Frank. So, um, Ken, you've mentioned um, SPH. What is SPH?
1: That is smiles per hour, and I did my uh, my doctorate in philosophy on the power of SPH. I came up with roughly 21 attributes. I'll just give you a couple examples, but if you count how many smiles we had when we were kids, um, some studies show three to studies, uh, 340, 300 to 400 smiles a day, and as an adult, they dissipate because of stress. They dissipate because we stop uh, enjoying wonder. We stop actually thinking about gratitude, and so the more we become like, the more you have companies like Apple and Southwest, because those companies actually care about the experience of how many smiles per hour happening for the owners, for the stockbrokers, for the employees, for the pilots, for the consumer. And what happens is you have something that's beautiful. It's called retention. No one wants to leave where they're happy. No one. And most people that uh, compare a pay increase to leave happiness, they won't do it. And it's because of certainty. But I, I just say miles per hour make you more attractive. They help you live longer. They give you more creativity. Um, your relationships are always better. So SPH is the most important facet of what is a nonprofit doing? And what are the vendors and the sponsors doing to help that SPH be as high as possible? So
0: um, distribution, that's a real challenge. So. We're talking about print books. We're talking about Kindle books. We're talking about eBooks that are just delivered as PDFs. Um, are there other forms, and how do you get them distributed? Uh,
1: there, there is another form that we do Audible, and then there's one form that is kind of—I uh, uh, don't know what I'd call it. It's just a different way of looking at it. We have we have uh, partners that do languages. So if you want your book in Spanish, Portuguese, Russian, whatever, so that adds more distribution. Obviously, if you have more languages, so. <clears throat> Printed books are cost, cost prohibitive. They are certainly wonderful to have at events when you can sign it and people want a piece of you and they want to take it home. And I'm, I'm still an advocate of holding a book and reading it. So mm-hmm. us, uh, if I can use a curse word, if us old timers uh, like it, then uh, we're going to keep those things alive a lot longer. But there's a study that eBooks actually have, it's like vinyl. They, it, it, the eBook got so popular and it stopped getting popular. And now the sales have really plateaued and the sales for uh, regular books are actually going up. So it's very interesting that there's only so much you can do with an ebook. I mean, look at your phone. If you look at a cell phone and you have 40,000 contacts in there, you have 10,000 contacts. Can you see them? You don't remember who's in there. You have to actually spend hours going through and um, hitting the directory. But if you have a book and you've used it on a regular basis, like I write index cards, you I still write index cards every day. I write about 10 index cards of people that what's their birthday have I talked to them in a long time? Do I want to work with them a, a bunch more? And it's adding up to quite a, a large amount of uh, index cards. But the point is, I can cut them, and I can look for different dates, and it just helps me actually stay in touch way better than my phone does.
0: Yeah, yeah. So my wife and I read the same book. I'll buy the Kindle version. She buys, buys the print version. And so I, I, I've read statistics about how popular print books still are. yes. And And there's just an amazing number of books being published every year on every topic. Um, And so when you think about non-private leaders, we're all maxed out. We're all stressed. There's too much to do. We're underfunded. So even thinking about a book, how do we get it on our radar? Is the cost prohibitive? Or is there a way that we could get a sponsor to help us create the book and the sponsor's name could be on there? Let's brainstorm a little bit of about possibility. How could somebody in the trenches say, oh, I want to do a book and rally a team around them to make it happen? You got some ideas?
1: Super simple. Yeah, this is easy peasy, lemon squeezy, as they say, right? So if you have a book, in the back of the book, you have something called blank pages sometimes. And you can make each of those pages valued at something like a $1,000, maybe even $5,000. And you go to a corporation, you say, hey, this is just one more way we can get you out there. We're going to send this book out to 40,000 people. We're going to have it as a free download on our website. We're expecting potentially 100,000 people to download this. Would you like a page in the back of the book? Your, your uh, money to pay for that page and the other three pages will actually pay for this project. Now, the wholesale, the wholesale of getting a book done is dramatically different than the retail. The retail can be $30,000 to get a book done. If you have, a publisher very much like us, that we care about impact, we care about marketing, we care about distribution, all our focus is there. When we already have spent a quarter million dollars on on a book tour, we don't have to spend that money to help a nonprofit have a book tour because we already have it, we're taking the book with us. So my point in that is that it comes down to maybe a hard cost of four or $5,000 to put the book together. That's formatting, a great book cover, editing and printing some copies. That's how much it costs. It's, it's in, in, and with that said, it's a free marketing system that when the ebook is created and you give it away like candy, by the way, it is more difficult for you to have someone read the book than it is for you to make money on the book. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine that. (laughs) So, so when you have someone read the book, they're doing you a favor, not the other way around. Yeah. So,
0: I'm just thinking about how many how many nonprofits, it's gala season here. We have galas and a whole bunch of people come. What if we went to a gala and everybody had a book at their place, Matt, sponsored by X, Y, Z Company in the community, and it's sitting at their place, a physical book. I mean, what a powerful tool that could be for moving moving forward and inspiring people to donate, unless people think that you're splurging by spending a lot of money in the book. If you have a sponsor, then they know you're not splurging. So um, any other ideas? Of, um, I just want to brainstorm. Yeah,
1: inclusion up. inclusion of everybody. So let's say you have 100 or 200 or even potentially even 500 people. It memorializes the book to say, these. we'd like to acknowledge all these people. And that can be in the back of the book. All these people have allowed us to make a difference in the world. All those people are going to be happy to buy the book or share the book because they are part of the story. They're part of the legacy. So that's a big distribution model, right there.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. So, um, um, so. Print- well, I got
1: one more for you. I got one more for you. Yeah, we make you make a book that's a collector's item, and the collector's item has information or something that makes it like a coffee table book. It's just gorgeous. And you say, "Hey, I know that you're donating five hundred dollars, but um, you may not be aware of this. But we have a collector's item book. If you actually make it seven fifty or whatever." the number is, you say, we're going to go ahead and ship this out. It's a way of actually getting people to give more because they want, to, they want something that they're taking home and, and, and their name on the front cover, things like that. Like when you think about a name on the front cover of I make a difference for the Alzheimer's unit, you know, I mean, Alzheimer's means a lot to me because that's how I lost my mom. Some people are very big about autism. So, I mean, there's, there's countless nonprofits, as you know, that are dealing with all kinds of problems that are in the world. Your name in that, in that gold print or something where you made that donation it, it it's like it's like you're living to make a difference. It matters.
0: It's a it's a donor recognition for those special donors. Um, that's a brilliant idea. Um, so you could also do some print books, but also do print on demand, right?
1: Right. And and you know if you got if you said hey if you want to have an extra copy for the office thing like that, what happens is you're actually advertising the nonprofit, but you're also advertising your goodwill. In this day and age, if your company's not making a difference in the community and not making a difference in the world, it's questionable why you're in business. I mean, because that's part, I mean, this, this world has enough problems right now. You better be solving one of them with your business.
0: So what if you had these books in the waiting rooms for all the doctors and the dentists and right. in your neighborhood and people are reading it while chiropractors while they're waiting? Yep. Oh, exactly. man. oh man. So um, tell us about the Dose of Hope Project.
1: Uh, I did show it. I know that people can't see it, but we would like to give it away to people. That's part of how we're hitting 20 million. We have some of the most fascinating people in this book. It's a Ted talk and the Ted talk, the premise and hypothesis of this Ted talk is the people that have achieved the most in this world are typically people that have had to overcome the most and are willing to be resilient and have had the highest amount of hope that they can actually make it. So they don't quit. And so with that gift of creating a who that they love, admire, and they want to share with the world, they get to share it with a purpose. And that purpose is illuminated when that who is achieved. So if you think about, think about someone that's a high school dropout, a high school dropout, they may not have spent a lot of time or money investing in who they are. Would you agree with that? Yes. And so you wouldn't be too surprised if you asked the person, hey, what are you doing with your life? Tell me about your purpose. And they go, I don't give a, a blank about that. Because they haven't invested in who they are enough to even say, I'm going to give a reward to myself of a purpose. So I have found that the people we saw at CEO space, the people we see on stages that are passionate and making a difference in the world, they have worked on who they are for a good part of their life. And they, they don't take it lightly. It's, it's a very, like their personal development investment might be a quarter million. It might be a million. They've, they will do whatever it takes to get, make themselves the most the most impactful leader that they possibly can, inspirational, impactful leader. And so that is why I want to honor these people. So it's a $72,000 gift certificate that we bestow upon someone like yourself, Hugh. We say, hey, this is gonna reach 20 million people. We're gonna, we're gonna promote and inspire your story for two years. And we will do this for any owner of a nonprofit, anybody who's the CEO of a nonprofit, anyone who's been the visionary of a nonprofit, we will let them in this book called Dose of Hope absolutely for free because in a world where no one knows you exist solving problems, you are very frustrated. And in a world where everyone knows you're solving problems, you cannot, you cannot be happy enough with all the support you're receiving because you're a hero.
0: I'm just getting a bunch of ideas hearing you talk. So um, your, your, your website is perfectpublishing.com. So when people go there, people watching can see it, but people on the podcast can't. When people go to Perfect Publishing, you know, what do they see?
1: Well, they see the authors, and all those authors have a bio, and they all connect to um, Amazon. All the published books, for the most part, we give away free as eBooks, and we do this in the guise of, "Hey, if we give you an eBook that you get to read for free, you don't have to make any investment to the author or Publishing. Would you be kind enough to write a review on Amazon if you find the book to be valuable?" And so, it's an integrity piece that we want our books to have impact. That is the number one thing you should be doing if you're doing a book. The, um, if you have a business and you're not creating clients, you shouldn't be in business. Well, if you have a book and you're not creating impact, you shouldn't do the book. So people need to think about when they're doing a book, how does this book solve a problem? How is this book going to penetrate, impact, and inspire the world?
0: You got a lot of books on this website too. So Ken Rashan, Perfect Publishing, um, has a heart of gold, has a system that creates gold, And it's a new paradigm for nonprofit leaders to talk about their impact, to build your tribe of people who really believe and support you, and to award those high donors, among a lot of other things. So, Ken, is there a contact page? I didn't look on your website. that people get a hold of you?
1: There is a, I actually give my cell number out because I haven't had any issue with that. And it is 202-701. 0911. And if anyone texts me that they want books, I'm happy to supply them. And then we have something if you want to speak to me, because you have a nonprofit and you want to get some advice on how to raise more money for your nonprofit, how to inspire people, how to get more volunteers. If you text SMILE, S-M-I-L-E to 202-335-5865, you'll be given an opportunity to pick a time slot that works for you. I am here to the Amplify Goodness. I have a key smiling card and you can share that on the back of the card. The number one thing it says at the bottom is we amplify goodness. And, you know, nonprofits are my favorite people to serve.
0: That's what it's about. We amplify goodness. What a brilliant. Hey, can so I, I will, share
1: one last point? Um, yes, I have this new idea and it's only about a month old, as a matter of fact, is that movies have a ton of money thrown into them so they can actually make a decent movie. Would you agree with that? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. Books do not. So I have a new idea that I want to explore, and I'm, I'm, I'm playing around with this with other publishers. What if you went to another publisher and another publisher and another publisher and another marketer and another marketer and another marketer, and another marketer you said, hey, I have this client. His name is Hubaloo. He wants to author this book, and this book is actually going to be something that will solve some real-world problems. The real problems are X, Y, and Z. I don't want to publish his book alone. I want it to actually have the highest impact possible. Would you want to partner with me? All of our logos would be on the back. We're looking for two or three marketers and two or three publishing companies that we put it in the back of the book. We all work together to give Hugh Blue the highest chance possible to impact the world with his message. And so, it's ego drops, and partnership collaboration goes through. And there is no publisher that I'm aware of that co-publishes. We want to become co-publishers.
0: That's a brilliant idea. So Ken Rashawn, changing the world, uh, keep smiling. Thank you so much for being our guest on the Nonprofit Exchange today. Thank you, Hugh. I've always loved you. Same to you. Thank you for listening to the Nonprofit Exchange.
1: This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.